92.7 WMAY, a summit going on in Springfield today called the Illinois Electrification Leadership Summit. A number of Illinois utilities on hand, along with other organizations, including the Beneficial Electrification League. Keith Dennis is president and CEO of the Beneficial Electrification League and joins us now. And thank you again for your time. Uh, If you could begin by explaining what is the Beneficial Electrification League? Yeah, we're, we're a nonprofit organization that uh, promotes the use of electricity uh, to save people money, to help the environment, to improve their quality of life, and to foster a re- more robust and resilient grid. Electricity can be used for a lot of new applications like electric vehicles and, and home heating and uh, all sorts of new appliances. And, and so we're here to um, uh, promote the implementation of electrification. Well, uh, obviously, electricity is pretty ubiquitous uh, as it is. We all use it in our everyday lives here. What are you pushing for that would be different than than where we are currently? Electrification in what form or, or how would it be generated to uh, to achieve your ends? Sure. So, yeah, of course, we're, we're a, a basically an electrified economy for things like uh, light bulbs and 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 some of our some of the day to day things we have, like telephones uh, and, and dishwashers. But there's still a lot of the economy that's not uh, uh, electrified that we use uh, things like propane and gasoline and diesel fuel for uh, vehicles being a, a kind of obvious example where um, millions and millions of cars are driving around um, uh, burning gasoline. But uh, similar with, with, with your home, you, you can be using propane in your home to heat your house. Um, uh, you, can be, um, you can be using gasoline in your lawnmower or diesel to um, power school buses. Um, so there's just all sorts of new technology since electricity is getting um, uh, cleaner and, and battery technology is getting cheaper. There's just all of these new products that are really interesting um, that that are kind of new to the market that we're introducing and just letting folks know, you know, the benefits of those products. What you're saying is in contrast to what we hear from from others who talk about uh, concerns that we don't have the, the generating capacity right now, that the Midwestern power grid has been at risk all summer long because we have moved too quickly toward uh, cleaner, uh, greener energy sources uh, rather than continuing to rely on, say, coal-fired power plants and things. So how, how do you uh, square the circle on that? Uh, do, do we have the generating capacity to really expand our use of electrification in an environmentally friendly way without putting the grid in jeopardy? Well, I'm definitely bullish on the ability of electricity to improve quality of life. And any short-term capacity issues uh, are not really significant in, in the long term to un, uh, unlocking the future value of, of products, mostly because these products are so efficient and they're also very flexible. And you have to think about, you know, 100 years ago when there was no electricity, obviously we didn't have the capacity to meet, meet those loads either. Um, but these are regional and kind of time time. Uh, dependent um, dependent uh, capacity issues that that will eventually um, be resolved, um, and, and it's important to note that a lot of times the grid's not always stressed. It's mostly driven by air conditioning, which is already electrified, and so a lot of the electrification will electrify your home heating and air conditioning system, and it'll actually take your air conditioner, your window air conditioners, mm-hmm. and turn it into a highly uh, uh, efficient. Uh, a heat pump 
And if you're weatherizing the house at the same time, making it more efficient, you're going to have, um, you're going to actually have a, a, it might be counterintuitive, but reduce the strain on the grid as we increase investment uh, uh, in, in electrification. For the, the average homeowner, and I've lived both in an all-electric uh, home in terms of my HVAC, uh, I've also lived in homes with a combination electric and, and gas, uh, what difference does it ultimately make both in terms of uh, the economy and also the environment uh, if you were to go to all-electric as opposed to the, the gas furnaces that many people still have? Well, the uh, all-electric technology heat pumps uh, are so efficient. Um, they they are actually uh, multiple factors more efficient than um, burning fuel directly um, because of the way they work. They work sort of like your refrigerator, but backwards um, to bring heat into your home, um, and and they're just incredibly efficient. Sometimes two, three hundred, six hundred percent efficient if it's even a, a geothermal where you're taking heat or cooling out of the air or the ground and bringing it to your house. So it can save you a lot of money on your bills, your energy bills, and it's and and because you're using less energy, um, it's really good for the environment. And right now, there's all these incentives that are coming out through um, through rebate programs that can help with the upfront cost. And so what it means for the average consumer is that you can um, save money, um, you can contribute pos- positively um, to the to the environment, uh, and if you're um, sealing up your home. At the same time, you're going to feel more comfortable. So your your air conditioning is not just going out your your windows, or or your heat's not just being lost. So it's a comfort issue. It's a it's a it's a pocketbook issue. And sort of at the same time, um, uh, you you happen to be uh, contributing positively to the environmental impacts. We're talking with Keith Dennis of the Beneficial Electrification League. Again, a summit happening today in Springfield called the Electrification Leadership Summit. Among the participants are uh, around 20 or so Illinois electric utilities. Uh, obviously, they've got a vested interest in seeing people go to more electricity. Uh, but what what's the goal of the summit for those utilities? Uh, what what are you hoping to get them to do, or to what what's the call to action from the summit? Well, it's really to collaborate, uh, and it's not just at utilities here. We have folks from the um, the government. Um, we had the mayor of uh, Springfield here. We have um, the Department of Transportation. We have environmental groups uh, uh, here. Uh, we have um, other uh, nonprofit groups, and the the task of of changing technology from one to another is very difficult. It's going to take all sorts of people from different disciplines. And the, the thing here is, yes, there might be an interest to folks who are in this business, um, but there's also interest to folks who care about the environment. And there's also interest to folks who care about grid operations or, or folks who sell, you know, heat pumps or, or electric vehicles. And so we're really about aligning interests, talking to each other and, and figuring out how to make the most of the situation so that we're not all duplicating efforts or or rowing our boats in different directions. It's all about being on the same page and really doing ways to, at the end of the day, help people improve their quality of life by using electricity uh, in a more efficient way that saves money. You mentioned the attendance of the the mayor of Springfield. Uh, What could a community like Springfield, from a government standpoint, do uh, in this regard? We have obviously a city-owned utility here in Springfield. And so again, uh, more use of electricity is more revenue coming into the utility. Uh, but what are what are some of the, the the tactics or goals from a government standpoint 
uh, that your group would like to see enacted? Well, so some of the things that people worry about as they're getting an electric car is just, you know, how is it going to be charged? Um, and so if you can install uh, chargers for electric vehicles strategically, maybe buy a business that, that wants people to, you know, go to their restaurant or go shop at their, their, their stores, that can be helpful. And having a, a, a city that's helping to plan that or putting infrastructure dollars into that or just even accessing federal funds uh, is very helpful um, also, school districts uh, have a big role in getting what's essentially free school buses right now through um, through federal dollars and can implement um, uh, electric school buses, which reduce vibration and noise in the, in the, in, in, um, the drive for school, reduce um, um, the uh, exhaust fumes, uh, and really give, give uh, drivers and kids a better experience. So things like that, uh, even, even promoting... Um, you know, rebates for lawn equipment that, that is electric, that's quieter, uh, and doesn't have as much, um, uh, uh, you know, exhaust, uh, are things that just improve people's lives. Like you just don't hear the noise as much. Uh, and, and of course it's better for the environment and it can save money because, um, gasoline and diesel is, is very expensive right now. So all of that's good for the taxpayer as well. I wanted to ask you about those electric school buses, just in terms of performance, obviously a bus full of kids, that's a pretty heavy vehicle. Uh, what sort of, uh, of lifespan does uh, a bus like that have in terms of, you know, being able to operate on a single battery charge, uh, efficiency through the day, uh, just the, the reliability of, of such vehicles? Do they work as well to meet a school district's needs as uh, the traditional uh, gas or, or diesel powered school bus does? Yes, they're, they're a performance upgrade over, over a regular bus. Um, certainly, um, you know, being a, being a, a heavy bus is, is, is a benefit in some times um, when there's snow, for example, and a battery goes all throughout the, the bottom of this bus, so it's, it's got a really good distributed load. Um, I, I would say it's a performance improvement, just like when you want to drive a Tesla car, because you can imagine it, goes, it has good acceleration. Um, they actually limit the acceleration of a school bus because you don't want to speed up that much, but it's still got that torque, so it can climb hills. Um, it can do um, bus routes pretty easily, uh, up to 90, 100 miles without a charge. Um, so that would be round trip 45 miles or so. And then most routes go out in the morning and come back. You can charge it and go out in a day and come back. So it's not the best type of bus to go on a state championship across town. But for routes, it can be um, very um, a, a performance upgrade, and it saves money over um, over. Uh, paying for diesel for the bus um, because electricity is just a lot more um, uh, less expensive. Uh, and also just the engine is more efficient because in a diesel bus, you're really banging together a lot of parts and a motor is actually a really efficient way to, um, to spin wheels. And you, uh, you, you mentioned the ability for school districts to apply to uh, acquire a, a free electric school bus. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so the, the EPA has $5 billion over five years to give out um, uh, rebates, and each school district can get up to $375,000 per bus for up to 25 buses. Um, if there's a priority list, so if you're in a rural area or you're in a school with low-income students um, you, uh, uh, or Indian tribes, you can get um, uh, on a priority list and get $375,000 per bus. Up to up to 25 buses, and then $20,000 for a charger. And um, there's a process that goes going on right now. Uh, applications are due in 10 days, 
and they'll be giving away uh, at least $500 million, uh, potentially more. And over the next five years, it's going to be $5 billion. It's one of the easiest federal programs I've ever seen that um, very simple application to get these buses. A lot of federal programs with a lot of paperwork. This one is very simple, and it's, it's a clean school bus program through the Environmental Protection Agency that was um, created by the Infrastructure Act that was passed in November. And obviously, we've seen legislation both at the state level here in Illinois pushing the state toward more uh, green energy sources. We've also had a lot of that in the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is still pending on Capitol Hill. How are those pieces of legislation impacting this movement toward more electrification? Well, certainly these rebates are going to be, you know, very helpful over the course of the next um, several years. The uh, the, um, Inflation Reduction Act, for example, gives up to $8,000 for a heating system uh, for uh, for, uh, in rebates that will be run through the states. Uh, And then another $1,750 for for, um, heat pump water heaters. They'll give money for panel upgrades and wiring upgrades if you need that for your house. And so this is going to be a significant investment if it passes. And um, it will just sort of, um, for lack of a better term, add fuel to this fire. I mean, this is sort of happening on its own with market forces and incentives can just kind of push things over the line. So uh, it can really have an impact. Obviously, uh, most people who might be listening to this uh, were not in attendance at the the summit today, uh, just average homeowners. What's the next steps for them if they want to pursue this or to look at more electrification either in their home HVAC or their vehicle? <coughs> Excuse me, where do, where do they begin? Well, certainly when, um, when it's time to uh, get a new HVAC or a, a vehicle, look into rebates and incentives. Look on the, 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 the um, I, I mean, just everybody, the common person, just Google it, you know, Google your, or, or reach out to your local utility and, um, and see, because once you invest in a car, you're going to have that for several, several, you know, several years. And once you're going to invest in a, in a, in a heating system, you're going to have that for 10, 20 years. So, um, just check out what the, the most current rebates are. It might not be today that you need a new system. So most people won't, it won't be today, but soon enough, you will need one of these, um, uh, upgrades and then really look into what is the efficient option? What am I going to save over time? What are the rebates available? Um, because it, it, it really, it really is not always going to just come to you. Um, but you also don't want to realize you bought something and missed a big rebate. And so, um, just keeping up to date on the rebates and doing research at that point of purchase is is the number one thing that you can really do. Keith Dennis with the Beneficial Electrification League. He is the president of that organization. If people would like to learn more about your group, where do they go? www.be-league.org. be-league.org. Keith Dennis, thank you again for your time. We do appreciate it. Thank you for having me.